Hey everyone, welcome to the Sneaker History Podcast, where we dive into the people, stories, and iconic moments that have helped make sneakers a global phenomenon. If you've ever told someone that you like their kicks, then you're in the right place. Before we lace up this episode, here's a little teaser for you. Stick around to the end of each episode for the last shot question. It's a chance to test your sneaker knowledge and engage with our community. I've also recently started a newsletter to share my knowledge from nearly two decades of experience working in the footwear industry. You can find the link to that below or go to sneakerhistory.com slash newsletter for a weekly deep dive into the biggest topics in the sneaker business. All right, now that the business is taken care of, grab your favorite pair of kicks and let's get started with the episode. Jordan trying to shake off Starks. Oh, what a move! Against Gil, the crowd on its feet. Allen for the win! Welcome to the Sneaker History Podcast. What up, what up? Welcome back to the Sneaker History Podcast. My name is Nick Engvall, and I'm with my guy Robbie Falke tonight to talk some kicks. And it's a special day today because it's Air Max Day. What's going on, man? How are you doing? It's good. I had to make myself go put on a pair of shoes and do a little bit of household celebration. But um, this is one of the few like quote unquote sneaker holidays I legitim I feel like is legitimized. It's like everybody has kind of accepted it. It's not like Mamba Day where there's a lot of like not Laker fans out there and stuff. Like don't partake. I feel like Air Max Day is something any sneakerhead can get behind. I did the same thing. I I I had grabbed some 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 uh some stuff from storage like I guess like a week or two ago now thinking like, okay, well, Air Max day is coming. So I should grab some Air Max to wear. Um, I mean, I haven't left the house today, but I threw them on and posted some pictures and I mean, I'm I'm wearing them now, but I'm like just chilling in the house. So it's not like I'm really wearing them either, but um, yes. uh, What is that? You just said them. What shoe? The, The 10th anniversary Nike town Air Max 90. So 2007, uh, released at San Francisco Nike town. Well, released at the party first, which I did not go to. Um, I was actually, I, I, I wasn't actually around for the release. I ended up picking them up after, um, but then they released in store. I don't know exactly, but I want to say it's like, like the party was like on a Thursday and the shoes dropped on a Saturday or something in store, whatever's the left. And, uh, only 150 pairs made, but they've got, so everybody should be familiar with the, the LA Nike logo. That's kind of like a little, uh, a little, I don't know. It's not cartoony, but it's a, it's, it's a, it's almost like the NYC logo. LA had more of a, more of a graffiti look to it. And Nike made the same thing for Nike town in San Francisco back when it was called Nike town. So there were, t-shirts and you know i think there were like some some you know snapback hats and stuff back in the day not necessarily tied to this release but um this particular shoe happened to be like 2007 which you know me as a baseball fan and as a san francisco giants fan that was the year that the all-star game was going on in san francisco so the shoe is actually black and and gray and orange and um you know, for San Francisco, for the Giants, it released, I think, I want to say is after All-Star Game, because I think All-Star Game is like 
probably like a June or July. And then this release happened. I, I might be off, but like September, I think October, maybe it was a little bit later. Um, but yeah, by far my favorite uh, Air Max of all time, just because, you know, I'm a big fan of the Giants. I'm a big fan of the Air Max 90, San Francisco, Nike Town back in the day. Like this is like the epicenter for me, like when, you know, before before things really became massively popular, um, you know, sneakers were always popular since, you know, the early years of, of Jordan and all that stuff. But, you know, on a like crazy level, social media took things to a next level, you know, a few years after this, right? Like 2007, you were still posting to MySpace and stuff like that, or just to the forums. And, you know, like the next couple of years right after Twitter blew up, then a couple of years after that, Instagram, Facebook, obviously. I guess that's kind of spoiler alert for this episode, but that's by far my favorite Air Max of all time. And, uh, one that I don't think will ever leave my possession. You'll go six feet under in that shoe. <laughs> yeah, yeah, basically. How about you? What'd you rock today? Um, I put on the Air Max One, just the red anniversary pair from a 2017. I figure it's, it's only fitting to wear the one that started it. Um, yeah, I mean, a funny thing about it, I didn't start appreciating Air Maxes like the runner Air Maxes and the OGs until about 2016, 2017. Um, I could not have cared less before then. But um, the OGs always kind of spoke to me from afar. And when I finally got my hands on the red and gray, I was like, damn, I now understand it. So I started buying more Air Maxes since then. Not my favorite, but uh, that's, that's what I rock today. I almost, uh, I think, I think on Friday, which is tomorrow when I get paid, I'm going to buy the Air Max 98 tour yellows from soul supremacy because they're brand new and only 200 bucks. So I will pay 20 bucks over retail for that gorgeous Michigan like shoe. So more to come, but yeah, the Air Max one is the one that started it for me. It's what I rocked today. I think, I think the Air Max one is one of those shoes that, especially like that particular colorway, either red or blue, but like the red one being like kind of the iconic original Air Max shoe is one of those shoes that if you're a sneakerhead, you kind of have to have that shoe in your collection or at least a version of it. It's, it's such a simple shoe to wear now too, cause it's mad comfortable. And I mean, honestly, they, they, they come out like in a, and they come out frequently enough to to where they're fairly easy to get without them being too crazy in price. And I actually just saw they restocked this week um, on Nike. A few people posted screenshots that they were able to pick them up. But um, I guess like that kind of leads us in to this episode. We want to talk about Air Max Day and Air Max releases in general, but like mo- mostly Air Max Day releases and you know some of our favorite Air Max over the years. But um, so I guess kicking it off inspired by that original air max one in like the uh university was a university red um the i want to say the very first air max day was uh 2014 yes sir 2014 um it's when they did the yellow soul air max one because if you have an og pair they are for sure yellowed all throughout that midsole so they did a specifically yellow and then 
you know, again, that was before I started messing with Air Maxes. In retrospect, I really, really, really wish I would have attempted to buy that shoe. Because when I see it now, I absolutely love it. So I, I was originally not a fan of it. Um, I like that it has like the 326 for Air Max Day. I was a little skeptical towards Air Max Day being like a, a day um, when this first happened. And, um, you know, it, it, nothing against it, but it was just kind of, it was kind of odd and it felt forced at first. And now that we, everybody's kind of embraced it and we all are just like, okay, cool, we'll break them out today. Um, I appreciate it. You know, I, I, I wish other brands would do that. I wish other other models had that kind of thing, right? Like, like the same way you do for Kobe, right? With like Mamba Day. I think this is a cool way for people to like feel connected to the brands and to the, you know, the culture and the community that surrounds sneakers. And, um, but it's interesting because when that, when that released, um, I was not a fan of the yellow. It's almost like it's not. So just to clarify, I think most people that are listening probably know this, but there's, there's been like a, a yellowed, like kind of vintage Air Max One release, but this yellow originally for Air Max Day was like almost like a bright neon yellow, and it was Volt. Yeah, no, I mean it was like more like a, a university yellow, but it was a very deliberate yellow. Yeah, like they made low outsole. Yeah, it wasn't. It wasn't like you know some of the stuff where we see where it's like kind of looks like it's aged, right? And and I thought I thought it was just odd because the the model itself doesn't look good with that yellow on the red, in my opinion, but it's grown over me. And I think like the cultural significance of it and like the fact that it, it, it took off and became an annual thing. Um, it makes me want it. I did pick up like one of the original air max day t-shirts that I've got somewhere, but, um, I w I do want to say like, I'm going to get really nerdy here. So this might be too much for if you're, if you're relatively new to sneakers or if you just, don't get too deep into the weeds, which I don't blame you. It's a curse, not a, not it's, it's by far a curse, not anything more. That particular shoe, the shape of the Air Max one to me looks best when the mud guard, which would be the red part on a, on an OG colorway, right? Is almost perfectly horizontal or perfectly parallel with the, the, the ground almost. And it has to have a little bit more to it. So if you look at like the 2017 release, that shoe has a very, um, a very like wide mudguard. And the original Air Max Day Air Max One has a very thin mudguard right at the midfoot below the swoosh. And that always bothers me because if it's a color that pops the way it is on like the OG colorway, then I feel like you're missing out on so much of the the red that that should be there, right? Uh, but still, it's it's. I think it's an important sneaker. I appreciate it. I don't think I need to own it. There are days where I look at it or see somebody wearing it. I'm like, damn, I do. I do kind of wish I had a pair. But I can say that about just about every other pair of sneakers that's ever been made, too. So um, I don't know. Do do you ever get? let's let's take this away from the air max conversation knowing that you're not like a huge air max guy do you ever get super nerdy about those little tiny things where it's like oh no i can't do that because this stitching is off or this you know shape is off or whatever 100 percent, and it's with the jordan one so the toe box in some recent retros will be super squared it'll be 
rectangular almost at the toe and it should have that so, that you know that soft kind of angle like a toe does to the front like think of like chicago ones from 2015 versus like um like the the court purples that are coming out or any kind of like the uh newer jordan ones they're very squared um the mud guard and the jordan 11 obviously let's put it this way jordan's are the only line I do that with. Um, Kobe's haven't had enough retros and they've been faithful for the most part. Um, I was hesitant at first if they would retro LeBron's with his new King logo or the old LBJ 23. And I'm very happy to say that they do the new one. So that would have been a qualm. That would have been a deal breaker for me. But, um, for me, it's more the variance of Air Maxes. Like, I'm a stickler. You said that it would be good to have a version of the Air Max 1 in red. Like, I can't do a version. I have to have, like, the original construction for as nice as, like, the engineered mesh or on, like, a Vapor Max variant or an Air Max 91 where it has, like, the Air Max 90 outsole with the Air Max 1 upper. Those don't do it for me. Like it has to be as close to the OG as it can because that's the shoe that you know started this story. It started the narrative. So when I when I, when I get my storytelling on, I want it to be that one in canon, so to speak. So I'll I'll let you run with it from here. Yeah. So I mean, this this only been since 2014, so there's not a lot of them. Um, 2015, we had the Air Max Zero sloganed as the one before the one in the white and navy colorway. I tried to get them that day. I did not. I do not like paying 350 bucks for an Air Max Zero, so I haven't bought them on resale. But I've been in love with that colorway. Anything white and navy has really spoken to me since I was a high schooler. It was my school's colors. So anything white and navy typically gets my money. But yeah, Air Max Zero. I thought they were cool. A lot of people don't feel them. I have two pairs. I have the next year, the 2016 white and yellow Air Max Zero. Um, they're just super comfortable, easy to wear, and they're clean. Yeah, I think I think the interesting thing with the Zero is I love the concept, right? Like I love the idea of, of going back and revisiting old sketches and being like, hey, this is what it would have looked like. That's a cool way for, for me to like bring a product that's new but but also retro feeling and vibe, right? But the thing with the Air Max Zero when it came out is that I wanted it to feel like it would have been made in, you know, 87, 88. And I felt like the materials that they used were off, right? Like it felt too new. The material felt way too new, even though the silhouette was supposed to look just like Tinker's sketches from, from you know, 87 or whatever. So. I just, I, I wasn't really a fan. I never picked any of them up. Um, you know, I, I've, I've seen plenty of them in hand. There's definitely some nice colorways. Um, I, I think that the yellow colorway is my favorite. But when I, when I get them in hand, I'm always like, uh, this, this isn't for me. You have a very valid argument, but I, I'll argue against it because it's the one before the one because they didn't have the materials or the technology yet to do it the way they wanted to. And now they do. 
So they're using those new technologies they didn't have. So that's that's what I would say, and that's probably what Nike yeah. would say too. But um, you, you definitely make a good point. Um, 2016 was the HTM. There was an Air Max 90 with a crazy zip, an Air Max BW, and I believe a 95. Um, I didn't mess with the other two. I bought the BW. They were known as the Mark Parkers. Um, black, navy, kind of like a, a bright royal blue and white. Really pretty. The BW does not get enough love, but uh, that was a cool release yeah, to me. Yeah, I, I originally – I did originally get those. I can't remember. I didn't end up keeping them for some reason. I think I think either somebody I knew wanted them or something or – um, but I like the, I like the colorway on it for sure. And I like the concept to me, like the story of like HTM, you know, like Hiroshi Tinker and Mark Parker or whatever, that whole line is always a, is always an interesting thing to me because I always feel like they collectively do make some, some, you know, it, it, they're very important in the storyline of the brand. So I typically gravitate towards those kind of releases. With that, the BW to me is like, I mean, we'll get into more of our favorite Air Maxes, but it's up there for me as one of my f- favorites of all time. So that was cool to see them include that. But I, it was one of those shoes where, again, like I, I bought it and thought, all right, this is for me. And then when I got it, I was just like, okay, this isn't really for me. I, and if anybody else wanted it, it was like, all right, cool. Like I'm, I'm happy to pass it along to somebody that wants it. Yeah. I'm pretty sure mine are dead stock in the back of the closet still yeah. <laughs> to the stair. Um, so it was not a 95 it was an LT zero and we identified as the BW, but they call it the air max ultra M, but it's a fancy BW. Yep. Call it what it is. Yep. Ultra M, I remember that. Yeah. Um, so then the next year, 2017, the holy of all holies, the Air Max One Atmos. Coolest reason for this, and it's also one of my all great, all-time grails, is that they let the people choose. So this was decided by the people that they wanted to have it back. Um, originally released in 06. Um, just one of the cleanest colorways of any shoe, any model. One of the best executions of any shoe, any model. Just what else more do we have to say? Yeah, I mean probably one of my favorite colorways of all time. Um, so I think, I think it actually released in 07. We should check that real quick because I say that because I, I think that it, it happened to be on the 10 year anniversary for that re-release, but regardless, really dope. Um, that like, you know, clear Jade or whatever it is, that teal color that's on the Atmos stuff. I think that if you could take that colorway and put it on damn near any other piece of footwear on the planet and do it tastefully, it will always look good. That's one of that's that's how much I appreciate that colorway. Yeah. Um, so it is six and seventeen. It didn't have anything to do with the anniversary. We just happened to choose it. Remember, so they had a whole bunch of models, and they're all right. We want this one. Um, but no, like you can very easily do elephant print poorly and man, this one did not. Um, so the following year, 27, um, pardon me, 2018, Sean Weatherspoon. I won't beat a dead horse. I made my point about that shoe. <laughs> do you have any 
I mean, I think I think this was a super dope shoe. I think that it was really cool to see, you know, this design came from people voting on it, right? Like the fact that he got to make that shoe was all about people voting and Nike saying whoever, you know, gets the most votes and wins this whole kind of contest ends up getting to make their shoe for real next year. So to me, that was super, super dope. And I think it's a very, very important part of like the, the trajectory of the way footwear is going to go because me thinking about the business side of this, it's, it's cool as a, as a consumer, right? It's like, Oh, you could potentially design an Air Max that Nike will end up, end up making, right? Like that's the dream for everybody that's into sneakers. You of course want to do that, whether you're just a, collector consumer wearer like us whether you're a brand whether you're a boutique whether you've got your own streetwear line like collaborating with nike to recreate one of these iconic shoes is always top of the list of of wish list for most of us right but what i thought was really cool and what could become a very powerful tool you know especially as the economy kind of is all over the place right now and you know significantly down is this allows you to almost like test the waters for colorways and designs in a way that you couldn't possibly do otherwise, right? Like one of the reasons that, you know, I don't know that this is out there publicly, but one of the reasons that Nike would re-release particular shoes like a, like the Atmos Air Max one, the, the clear jades, uh, is it clear jades? Yeah. Um, that, that shoe is going to sell really well, right? Like it, they know that, that the quality, the, the, the appeal of that colorway, the partnership with Atmos, it's almost like a can't miss, right? Even if it doesn't sell, even if they produce too many and it and it doesn't sell out and become like hyped up like it did, they're still going to make a lot of their, you know, a lot of money off of that re-release. And I think with the Wotherspoons, this is the same kind of thing, right? Like you could almost, you can almost see how much hype or how much interest there's going to be from the very beginning. And to me, that data is super powerful. So if you can do this as a brand, you know, this is a really cool thing to do. Granted, to keep people's attention and to still be able to sell that shoe, you know, a year later really takes, I think, somebody that has, you know, enough enough followers and an, a sizable audience to really sell the shoe because there's plenty of people you know, I think, you know, we could, we could all probably point to collaborations and that, you know, that they just don't have the following that are dedicated enough. Like at the end of the day, not all of us are willing to put up money for the people that we're just following on social media. Like some people, you know, you're trying to support because they're close or you like them or you appreciate what they do. And a lot of you do that for us. So we appreciate that. But I also recognize that a lot of people don't just go out there and buy things because they follow somebody on social. Like they got to feel a connection to them. And I think that, you know, Sean was really, really successful with this because he has a really dedicated following and he's really been, he's really been good at continuing to have the conversation with his audience and, you know, continue to build his relationships with people, which brings in new fans and obviously the success of round two and, this kind of shift to vintage that we've seen over the last few years. So to me, this is like, I, I don't know that I would ever buy the shoe or wear the shoe, but it's, it's really, uh, it's really awesome to see, to see it. And, you know, I think, I think it's one of the better Air Max day releases. And you're definitely entitled to that thought. Um, 
the next year didn't do so hot. It was the Air Max, like choose your air, where you had another submission type deal. And there was like a Seoul, um, Spain, London. These are people, not specifically regions, but there are a lot of them were based off of where they were from. But very forgettable, right? I mean, I, I remember there was a Seoul one because it was a really flashy Air Max 97. There was an Air Max 98. Um, there's another Air Max, uh, 97 with like clouds on it. Um, just not the hottest. So I thought that the concept was really good. I think the, uh, if I remember right, there's like a tealish, like a really light teal, light blue Air Max 97. Um, that was probably my favorite from the group. And then I thought it was just weird that there was that, so uh, clearly I'm not a fan of the vapor max stuff. Um, if you're new here, Robbie's not a fan of the weather spoons. I'm not a fan of vapor max. That's been 106 episodes, 108 episodes deep, whatever number we're on right now, I forget. Um, but yeah, I think this was, this was in theory, a really, really dope way to bring people from around the world to like kind of celebrate the air max. But I just felt like, I felt like it wasn't even on the, the, designers or the people that made the colorways because other than the vapor max which they didn't use the vapor the regular vapor max they used the one with the weird strap and no laces which is just even weirder and normally i like that kind of stuff but the fact that they didn't like have a lot of energy around these releases i, I felt like that was the miss right because the soul air max 97 is a really great colorway like all three of the air max 97s from the there's like a there's like the the soul, the light blue, kind of looks like an, a Houston Oilers colorway, 97. And then orange and orange and green or something, orange and yellow. Um, I can't remember and I don't have it in front of me. But the, that's definitely – I feel like those three colorways were pretty solid. And I feel like if anything, like it was, it was the marketing side at Nike that missed – on on this year this is 2018 by the way was it oh they, they did it two years in a row did they yeah oh so wait so no sorry the 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 contest happened in 2018 right yeah and then these particular shoes released in 2019 correct which again goes to my point about like being able to keep that energy right like if somebody wins that doesn't have a good, a, a good size following, you know, are you going to sell those, sell out of those shoes? Are they going to sell well at all? Are the, you know, is there relevancy for them to be in a footlocker, that kind of stuff. But I digress. There was a cool maze pair of like Air Max, um, Air Max ones. They were like a Tokyo maze, but yeah, um, not the hottest. So that's, that's kind of all of Air Max day. Um, this year we got the liquid metal pack, Air Max 2090 and the orange duck camo. I I struck out on four different places on the duck camos today. Yeah, I'm just not a I'm not a fan of duck camo, so I didn't even I didn't even attempt. It only works well for me if it's really bright and wild, and the orange does that. So that's Air Max Day in a nutshell over the past six years. Let's get into some of our favorites. Before we do, what's your sleeper Air Max model of all time? And I'll give you a second to think about it because mine's written on a piece of paper here. 
but um, this most slept on Air Max model that does not get enough love. Um, the Air Max 93, the, you know, that shoe always goes super on sale when it comes out, but it's like a curvy woman just has all the right curves and the right places. It's, I love that big fat air bubble, um, originally known as the Air Max 270 back in 93, but just super clean. I love that shoe. And I, I feel like it never gets brought up in all time greats. Well, so before i before i share mine my i have a theory on this right because like when i was at finish line you know helping with when when you're involved with a company like that and you're kind of like one of the few really passionate sneaker people that can kind of add their input like i'm always the type of person that's talking to everybody you know like i'll get my job done but i also want to help anybody that i can to you know challenge the way they're thinking you know, bring up ideas or concepts. So like I used to talk to the buyers there regularly. And I think what, I think that what happens is that the Air Max 93 is, is a shoe that also looks very, very similar to the Nike Air Burst. And it also looks very, very similar to the Air Max 94 to most people. So I think that like you and I spending, you know, hours a day looking at sneakers we're always going to see the difference in these shoes, but the average consumer, I don't think sees the difference in those shoes when they see them on the wall, they just see the colorway, the big air bubble. And it's like, if it, if, if the colorway is hot, then, then they're in. Right. But I think you could, you could probably put like a, you know, an all white, a black and white or some basic gray shades of gray color on the wall in those three models and most people wouldn't be able to tell you which one is which. Now, partially that's because you're absolutely right. Like the the 93 doesn't get as much love. I mean, all three of those models don't get near as much love as some of the other models, right? Like we can kind of look at like the one, the 90, the 95, the 97. Those are like the top, the, you know, those are the favorite children in the Air Max, you know, family. But to me, and this might seem weird to some people, but... I think the Air Max 180 is actually the most slept on Air Max because people don't like if you took the exact colorways that were released on the 180 over the last, you know, I mean, it's been a, it's been two years since it was out, but there's probably two and two years, two and a half years of releases at that point. I think if you took every colorway off of the 180 and put it on an, a 90, a 95, a one, people would eat them up. Like it would just be like, this is great. I've never seen this before, but it's never one of the shoes that they do that with. Right. Like we've seen, I mean, recently, right. Like they did the Hirachi colorway on the Air Maxes. They did the Air Max colorway on the Hirachis and that type of stuff introduces new models to people. And I wish they would do more of that. Um, so I'm going to go with the 180 just because it's a, it's a crazy comfortable shoe. And typically you can get, really great colorways of that shoe for 60, 70, 80 bucks, you know, around the time that they normally release. Now that you're in between kind of the release cycle for that model, you might pay a little bit more, but still super, super great shoe for the, for the money. I am very happy you brought that up because that is one of my all time favorite shoes. So next up, we kind of have 
my favorites, and you can kind of play on yours, but I ranked my favorite Air Max models of all time. I said Air Max, but what I really mean is just visible air. If you can see an air window at some point of the shoe, very rarely do you see it in the front and not the back. I don't think you ever see it in the front and not the back. But if you see a back heel unit, that's the, that's the kind of qualification we're alluding to. Um, so starting off is my 10th pick, the Air Max 180, particularly the Ultramarine. Um, that colorway does get used on other models. Um, to your point about like the Hirachi Air Max 1 um, kind of collabs or clashes going on. That Ultramarine is just one of the cleanest, crispiest, most comfortable shoes Nike ever has made. Very, very true. Um, and and again, this is this is like exactly my point about the colorways that go onto that shoe. Like if you took that and threw it on any other Air Max model, people would feel be like super stoked to get their hands on it. But I'm gonna I'm gonna let you run through your list of ten because I'm gonna go down on mine and I'm just gonna pick five specific colorways of Air Max that I really love. That work? Of course it does. So um, I'll just do my ninth one then. A shoe that I know you will not like then. The OG Vapor Max um, from 2017. I never thought I would see that much air in a shoe. I never thought they'd be they'd be able to get rid of the outsole for the most part and have you be completely on air. Um, I like the futuristic look. I'm referring specifically to the first pair in Flyknit because you made up a very, very good point earlier about how that the strapless doesn't look good. I don't like the strapless. I don't like the utility. I don't like the next two models that followed. Just the 2017 Vapor Max was a very, very good shoe in my book. One of my favorite Air Maxes. So I have a question for you in regards to the Vapor Max Air. Now I I know I know historically and lineage wise you know the Vapor Max is more air than everything else, but my personal feeling is that around 2014 maybe 2015 the Air Max 2015 had like a Flywire upper kind of overlay. And it had a full bag. Like it was to me one of the like better Air Max models in the last like decade or so. And going further back, you could go back to, you know, uh, Air Max 360 or something like that, 2006 or whatever. They all claim to kind of have like the full air, you know, midsole setup, but they're all slightly, you know, they advance over the years. Do you think that there's, a noticeable difference and i just to be you know transparent i haven't ever worn an uh, an air max signature model i think the 2016 is the last pair that i've owned a pair so all of them have been like not enough change for me um do you think there's a difference between all of those air max models or do you think you can feel a difference on foot or do you think maybe so you personally, but then taking that a step further, like would the average person just buying a pair be able to know the difference? I've worn all of them, so I can 100% say yes. So the 360 had all that extra bulk. It had air pockets. 
through full length. So it was 360, but they were all in little pods separated by plastic with an outsole still on it. Starting in 2010, that's the first year they had the full length Air Max from front to back, one whole big bubble. And those did also have a big part of rubber on the outsole and it got really thin towards the front. So from 2010 to like 2018, when they stopped, make, or I think it was 2017 is when they stopped making 2015, 16, 17 yearly named Air Maxes. Um, by that time, it was much thicker in the front of the shoe and it was full length. But the big difference and the main thing Vapor Max does is as you rock to each part of the shoe from the heel, lateral, medial, rolling up on your toes, you can feel more air and more contact. Like there's better, this, it moves more independently. It's much more rigid from 2010 to 2018. That full length air, you can feel it moving in each area, but it doesn't squish independently. Like the Vapor Max gives you a sensation with each step of just the most air. So it's closer to the ground and it's more air and it's more flexible. So I think it gives you the feeling and appearance of having the most air humanly possible. All right. All right. That's fair. <laughs> See, I, I guess we each have our own nerdy things, right? With shoes. Well, For yeah. sure. Yes. I, I'm trying to think like, and I, I didn't get to, I didn't pull it up yet, but the 2010, so the first year that they did do a full length air unit, is that the one that has the the upper that looks almost identical to the lunar glide of the same year? It's like a mix between a lunar eclipse and a lunar glide of that year. It has that same yeah yeah okay fake flywire yeah yeah okay cool. I'm I was picturing it and I was like I don't know if that's it or if it if that was like the second version, but um, yeah, I, I it is kind of interesting because for as far as the you know. As far as the air bubbles, to me, like I, I should try some. I'm I'm not gonna cave on my uh, my disdain for the Vapor Max, but maybe I'll find like a 2017 um, and and give it a shot and see if I feel the difference. Or maybe I'll just you know add it to the list of to do things things to do after I get out of a uh, you know stay at home quarantine. <laughs> well, funny story before we go on to the next shoe. My first Nike dress when I worked at a Nike town was the Air Max 2010. And then a month later, they switched. So I got the Air Max 2010 and 2011 for free. And I, I very much liked both of those shoes. Um, but that's just a weird okay. retail story. Um, so coming in at number eight for me, um, we have, man, I can't count. Um, the Air Force Max 93, the Charles Barkley that's kind of what we need to refer it to as just the Charles Barkley the strap on the midfoot. Um, that shoe looked great. Then it looks good. Now I just love that shoe. Like the white purple black with the 34 on the side. Sign me up. Yeah. That's a dope shoe. What's next on your list. So next up here at number seven, we have the SC trainer high also known as the SC trainer three from 1990, specifically the Auburn colorway. Um, that shoe was just the all-time classic. Bo Jackson's a myth, a legend. Um, this that the Auburn on that shoe is one of the cleanest colorway models 
of any Air Max, any shoe. 100% agree. That uh, So I think the, the Auburn is – the Auburn of the SC would be my favorite trainer, my favorite, like, original era trainers. Um, and I, I think that the trainers, especially the Air Max trainers and, like, the 180s and all these things that have come over the years – really underrated so if you don't have like a pair of the kind of like this like air trainer sc or even the sc2 which would be one of my favorites definitely add one of those to your collection just put it on put it on a watch list wait for for one to come across cheap and make sure you get a pair because they're super super dope super comfy and usually like that auburn colorways ah chef's kiss right um you and i are both weird fans and we're not the only ones of like the trainer 1.3 from like 2009, 2010 onward. I think it died in 2012 or something, but um, Nike training air max does not get enough love because they make so many budget models that don't look good. It kind of makes the good ones slip underneath the radar. Um, yeah. Yeah. That's a good way to say it. Um, number six is a shoe. I've never owned any model of because they're always gone when I try. Air Max 98 Gundam. Uh, Gundam Wing is one of the first animes I ever saw and subsequently started an obsession outside of shoes. But um, that's one that had very little um, notoriety before two years ago. And then it came back and everybody wanted it. And now it's super expensive. But just the navy, royal, red, white combo on that shoe mainly because it's such a mechanical looking air max that it fits very nicely with a three story tall mechanical robot colorway. But, um, yeah, I love the 98. That Gundam is my jam. Yeah. I, I, I dig that colorway. It's weird. Cause like the 98 is a shoe that I've never owned a pair of. I don't know why definitely need to get a pair, but yeah. Number five, I think we can all universally agree. Air Max 1, red, 1987, the one that started all, the reason why we have this day to talk about Air Max 1. <laughs> um, now we're going to start seeing the Robbie side of this list. Um, coming in at number four, the LeBron 7, full-length Air Max, the first LeBron to have that. Um, it's really kind of become synonymous with his brand of sneakers since that point. But um, comfort, looks, if I'm going to pick one specific shoe, um, I'm never going to obtain it unless they retro it. The Penny, um, yeah, the Penny Air Max LeBron 7 sample or the Hardwood Classic in any colorway. Hardest shoes ever made. Like I love those shoes. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, those are – I don't even think of those when we're thinking of Air Max, but, yeah, for sure. Like, that that penny is, is like, gorgeous. And the, either of the hardwood – or I guess I should say any of the hardwood because there's, what, three of them, right? There's the orange, the blue, and then there's, like, kind of, like, the blue – Suede. Suede versions, yeah. All, all those are top-tier – by far my favorite LeBrons. I don't know if they, I don't know if I would wear them enough to put them above like regular Air Maxes, but that's kind of the difference between like the way you and I probably top shoes. I'm going to lean more towards the runners most of the time. The, um, 
Yeah, man. That's just a creme de la creme. Um, shout out coronavirus because I was supposed to do a video feature for the sneakers app and it was going to be for Air Max Day, but we had to cancel shooting together because, you know, social distancing. So shout out coronavirus messing up my Air Max Day. I was going to do Damn. LeBron story about LeBron's. So that's why it's very near and dear to my heart. Um, number three, we spoke about it earlier. The Air Max One Atmos Jade. Um, we already spoke on it. It's a perfect shoe. Yeah, I agree. Um, coming at number two, the LeBron 10. Another shoe somebody would not have thought about when it comes to Air Max, but full-length Air Max with internal zoom. They call it Air Max Zoom. Um, Kevin Durant's line has done it since. LeBron continues to do it. But for my penny... Having Zoom Air inside of Air Max is the single most comfortable setup I've ever worn in my life. If I have to go run, given it's a basketball shoe, I will happily run suicides, if not five miles in a LeBron 10. Um, probably it's out the wazoo, specifically one of my all-time grails, the what the MVP LeBron 10. My God. So do you... Uh... Do you prefer the high or the low? I like every version from the, you know, they did a whole bunch of NXT, like the cork edition, all the suede's, uh, the low tops were dope. Um, the post seasons were dope. Just, I think I have four or five pairs of LeBron tens in various versions. And they're just so comfortable. If you don't have a pair for the comfort alone, go buy a pair. They're fantastic. Yeah, and and really, you nailed it too because the colorways that are on that shoe. So, like, like without even looking, just come to mind like the um, well, first one is the Miami Dolphins because I love that color combo. Um, obviously, the the uh, corks and the and the I forget what the suede one was called. Do you, what was that suede one called? Like, it was like the cigars or something. There was four or five. There was a black and pink. There was a denim. There was um, a, like a birch and baby blue. There was a ton of samples that like the perfect pair has that are like LeBron, um, like Miami Heat type joints. But uh, there was the cutting jade. There was the Olympic. There was the um, crown jewel. There was the finals, all the PEs, the Black History Month, Area 72, um, just tons of colorways, Volt. Um, yeah, the one, the, the, so for me, like the, the Miami Dolphins comes to mind, the watermelon, I think it was Lowe's. It was like that pinkish, really pretty color. Yeah. And then, uh, I know, I know Jacques, um, Jacques Slade has a pair. We, we gotta, we gotta get him on here actually. So if you want, if you want Custo K U S T O O, if you're, if you're a YouTube follower of his or, uh, follow him on any of the platforms, tag tag sneaker history so we can get him on the show um but he he has a pair of the like honey nut cheerios like the all bright yellow ones must be the honeys yeah it must be the honeys bananas yeah but. there's so that shoe looks so techy but when you have it on foot it's a lot more wearable than you would think um so my number two is a lebron my number one this is not um reminiscent of how i feel about them as players Number one is Michael Jordan's Air Jordan 4, specifically the white cement. 
Air Jordan 1 is the most uh, wearable, most famous Air Jordan shoe. But I think the White Cement 4 of any other shoe or colorway not named the 1 is the most wearable Jordan ever. It's culturally important. They're fresh as fuck. They look good beat up. Doesn't matter if it has Nike Air on the back or a Jumpman. I'd even, so here's a weird fact about me. I own the Air Force Jordans, the Fusion, white cement. That's how much I, that's how much I like this shoe. I bought the Air Force Jordan version of it. Um, just so clean, timeless. I could have adjectives for days. <laughs> Obviously one of my favorites too. Uh, I think um, it's interesting to think about the the – the Jordans, uh, the LeBrons, obviously, you can't avoid seeing the Air Max, um, you know, but you don't really think of Nike Air in Jordans now, right? Like, we know it's there, but does it, it doesn't play into your purchase the way it does in some of the newer models, in my opinion, or like, like some of the running models we've been talking about. So what's funny is that you're right, but at the same time, 87s when the Air Max 1 dropped, the Trainer 1. Then you had the Revolution. Then you had the Trainers, the Bo Jacksons. But then right there in 88, you had the Jordan 3. That Nike's done this since they've been a company. If it works in one category, they're going to go try to slap that on another category. Now we see Air Max and skateboarding. But just people don't make that immediate association. But subconsciously, they know they like the Jordan 3 because the visible air. You know you like the Jordan Four because the visible air. Yeah, yep. But think of it as Air Max, but it is. And they they do such a great job of just like spreading the technology across because there's just so many times where, you know it 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 can take off in one category in ways that it doesn't in others, right? Like the LeBron or yeah, the LeBron Ten is a perfect example of that, right? You don't have that in running shoes the way you do in basketball shoes. So, my man, you said you have five that are your specific favorite. What's Nick's five? five? My top five Air Maxes of all time. So, I'm going to cheat this one slightly. I'm going to give six because on my list of, of top fives, the last spot, I couldn't decide. The Air Max 90 infrareds are one of the most beautiful shoes of all time to me. But at that same time, the Persian Violet Air Max BW is also right there. Like if if somebody were like, you're never wearing sneakers again. Like or you can't have any more sneakers, you've got to just take these shoes for the rest of your you know, days. Those two would be the two that I would just be like, all right, well, it's going to be one of these, you know. So. Number five. Air Max 90 infrared. Air Max VW Persian Violet. Uh, number four, the Kashima Air Max 97, which is the elephant print, uh, basically a black and elephant print Air Max 97, came out probably 2007 or so. Um, I'm not sure exactly when that did come out now that I think about it, but I think that's it. No, it, it- it's basically a freaking um, Supreme Dunk, but in Air Max 97 form. Um, I'm really happy you brought up the Air Max 90 infrared. So I, that would have been one of my first shoes I ever bought, but just 
I couldn't get them. They sold out. But it's black elephant print. I'm trying to find the date as I kind of stumble around. But that's one of the shoes where you see people posting and they're split at the bottom. Yeah. Yep. Um, 2006. So 2006. All right. So uh, next up, number three is going to be the Nike Air Max 95 prototypes, which are Amita sneakers collab. It's basically the original Air Max 95 was, you know, the, the gradient with the volt. Uh, or neon, sorry, neon with the the gradient up to gray, right? And the top of the shoe is like the dark gray with the 3M tongue. The prototype version that Mita did, which was the Ueno, has like the Ueno embroidery on the tongue, is black is a black tongue. So the top of the shoe in the liner is black. Released in 2013, it I I never saw it available anywhere, so I never got a pair. It's always kind of been on the bucket list. Um, I think that it only released in Japan, which is probably why I was never able to find a pair, but easily, like if I was going to wear an Air Max 95, that's the shoe I would choose. That's so funny. Cause literally about 20 minutes ago, um, Ronnie Feig posted his Air Max day post and he posted those as his favorite of all time with two other unreleased sample variants of it. Go to Ronnie's Instagram when we're off the oh, man, and go soil yourself because they are gorgeous <laughs> yeah damn um so number two uh nike air max 180 opium so the opium was a store uh a store in paris that basically did like a uh black and desert camo and it has a red swoosh and then it had neon laces and i think neon embroidery on the um uh, the Nike here on the back or the 180 logo on the tongue are both neon. Uh, so normally I would not suggest an all leather shoe when it comes to running shoes, specifically with the Air Max 180. I feel like it's better to have suede and mesh, but this one has a leather toe and it's still like probably, I mean, if, if I didn't have the other, sh- the next shoe on the list, you know, this would be it. Right. So, um, that shoe, it creases so bad. So the leather is very, um, it's a bold choice. And a lot of people confuse this with like the Kanye West collabs because they look kind of similar. But yeah, the opiums are crazy joints. Yeah. And I mean, now they're ridiculously overpriced, in my opinion. I, I've seen them for like $1,500, dollars um, But last on my list, you probably already know if you were listening and paying attention in the beginning, the Nike Town Air Max 90, it's Nike Town San Francisco Air Max 90, um, 2007. It was it was like, I think 150 pairs, which, you know, I'm just grateful to have one. And yeah, man, this Air Max is, I, I mean, honestly, like I could probably go through and make like a list of like 100 pairs of of just air max runners that i love um so if anybody wants me to do that just nag me on social media and eventually i'll do that but um it's gonna take me forever if i actually do so i probably shouldn't have said that but i'm happy uh, you got into the weeds with some rare colorways because i didn't want to get into the weeds Um, so that's a crazy list a lot of them i completely forgot about so 
Yeah, I mean, it's just, you know, I think like it's interesting because like depending on when you jump into the to the Air Max, especially with runners, right? Like it can be intimidating because there's so many great colorways out there. And just as I'm as I'm saying, you know, these are my top five. I just started thinking of like the, you know, uh, like the all the Para Pata releases like they're just I mean, the kid robots, there's so many good colorways even just like the um what's the um oh shoot the atmos uh the other atmos air max one uh oh yeah this the normal duck camo no that's the night no uh, no this is like uh shit. but no i mean as you think about that what's crazy especially about shoes like the opiums these other 1500 bucks that's like Travis Scott, Jordan one money. So like that's when your um, prerogatives as a sneakerhead come out. So it's like, okay, do you want that new stuff or do you want a super rare shoe you cannot get? And that's why it costs $1,500, not it costing $1,500 because everybody told you it's cool. and That's what it's worth. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, I'm thinking of the Viotex, Atmos Air Max One Viotex, okay. which is like, I mean – I, I, this is the thing that I really love about Air Max runners, right? So that shoe is from 2003. It was like basically three or four shades of brown with a purple swoosh and white accents and and gold, white and gold accents. That's never going to be like a, a basketball sneaker colorway, right? So, well, maybe now like you could get a, a LeBron story and remake that colorway. But like back then, that shoe is just it's so out there and it was so cool that they're doing that. It's almost like SB, right? Like SB would try some crazy stuff like that, which, you know, as, as much as like, as much as those, those kind of like that hype around like 2003, 2004, when everything started to kind of blow up, I love that era too, because people were just trying different things and throwing things out that you just don't normally think about. And now looking back, you know, I think a lot, a lot of people have much more appreciation for those shoes than they did the first time around. Exactly. Uh, so let us know what, what, what you rock for Air Max day. Let us know what your favorite Air Max are. Like we'll, we'll throw this, I'll make a post on the site. Um, you know, we've been posting about Air Max day all day today, but, um, we wanted to put this together to talk some more Air Max shoes while we're, uh, you know, I guess what six years deep and into Air Max day. So, um, looking forward to hearing what everybody, what your favorite Air Max shoes are, and why. And maybe maybe you'll introduce us to some colorways that we have haven't seen before. So, um, yeah, man. Anything else before we get out of here? I feel like that was pretty comprehensive. We had deep looks, we had overviews, we had um, history lessons. I think that was a good Air Max day episode. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Well, you can follow me at Nick Engvall on all the platforms. Uh, just more importantly, just follow at Sneaker History everywhere. And um, yeah, let them know how they can find you, Robbie. You can find me at R-A-H-B-E-E 702. I might be changing that soon. It's just hard to find new Instagram names without it being taken already. Um, but yeah, <laughs> follow Sneaker History. Um, make sure you go back and listen to some of our old episodes especially since you're sitting at home listening to an hour of this, go pump in another hour on another episode.
Yeah, and we uh, appreciate everybody rocking with us, and we'll catch y'all next time. Peace. Later. Hey everyone, this is Nick again. Before you take off, I wanted to ask a couple favors of you. If you're interested in more content from the Sneaker History crew, become a member of our Patreon page where we post daily content, drop exclusive episodes, and host monthly giveaways. We'll even help you hunt for your grails. Check us out at patreon.com sneakerhistory. Also, make sure you sign up for our email newsletter at sneakerhistory.com email. We send out weekly updates on the footwear business and what we're working on here at Sneaker History. Last but not least, take a second to tell someone you like their kicks today. You never know how much it means to someone, and it might even plant the seeds for something even bigger. As always, we appreciate you, and we'll catch you next time. Peace. Hey, hey, Nick here again. Before you take off, I want to thank you for listening to the Sneaker History Podcast. Be sure to hop into our Discord to answer this episode's The Last Shot question, and get to know our community of sneaker enthusiasts. If you'd like more insights on the trending topics in the sneaker world, I've also recently started a newsletter to share my knowledge from nearly two decades of experience working in the footwear industry. You can find the link to that below or go to sneakerhistory.com newsletter. And last but not least, tell someone you like their kicks today. You never know how far a simple compliment can take you, and we all know how good it feels to be on the receiving end of some appreciation. Thank you for all the support, and we will catch you on the next episode. Peace.